Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Renegade Blitz, the best podcast for Steelers fans by Steelers fans. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, at rblitzpod, and at blitzvideos. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And welcome back, everybody. It's the Renegade Blitz. I'm Ty Polk with Chris Ward and Brandon Walker. Brandon right now is having a little bit of video issue. This is for the Twitter live stream, but you will also see us in podcast format on places such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So regardless... Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for watching us while we're live. And uh, well, we, well, we wanted to have an episode out before we had a special guest for our 100th episode of the Renegade Blitz. And Chris, me and you have been here since basically the beginning. We've been the two constants of it. So again, it's great to see that we're still doing this in 2022. Started about three days before uh, the 2020 season. And somehow we're still going strong. Yeah, it just kind of came up uh, there in 2020. I know COVID was in the you know the middle or like the Ed's peak really at that time. It was really, you know, everybody's really home and stuff. And uh, you know, we got together with some people. I just saw Luke uh, message us and said, well, "When are you gonna? When can I come on the show?" I was, hey, anytime. Uh, if you're watching, uh, you know, we're always looking for other people to come. Luke, on. we can send you that invite right now if you want it. <laughs> I but, mean, uh, if you're. I'll, I'll send him this invite right now. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm ready, but, man. But uh, yeah, it's been good. You know, appreciate everybody. You know, checking out. You know, listening and everybody. You know, comment on Twitter and everything. So just appreciate everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to, to be a part of our show. And here's the thing: this is my baby, so we don't care who's on. It could be anyone, really. It can even be me and you, your mama and your cousin too. We don't care. Word, word outcast, but I guess the big thing we're going to talk about on this show is, well, the the shoe is waiting to drop on the other foot for Tyran Matthew, the honey badger, uh, the landlord of Chief's Kingdom. All right, now we're hoping he's now the, uh, well, we're going to have to think of a thing for the uh, Steel Curtain or wherever the Steelers defense is going to call itself this year, but... It seems that there's been it's made a lot of headway in terms of it. It it seems like Terrell Edmonds is gone. Yeah, I mean, part. It's, he's been on the market for a while, and we haven't heard anything. No, nobody's tweeted anything out or anything. And uh, I saw he tweeted today about like something about like decisions or something like that. So uh, we have to see. You know, uh, you think the Steelers will get him all back on a pretty cheap deal and everything? Uh, you know, they could afford Matthew too, but I mean, there's like a, a slew of teams that are interested in him and. Uh, I, I think at this point in his career, he wants to go with the you know championship caliber team, and I, I, the Steelers have a lot of issues on offense. I think they're they have some pieces on defense, but uh, I don't. Do you think Matthew would want to come to Pittsburgh? I mean, that would be a crazy tandem there with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, though. Yeah, it, it would be great for a lot of things with its defense. It at least puts that defense firmly back on the map as a 
potential number one defense in the NFL, and that's really going to be huge with the Steelers not having the best offensive circumstances, one very young, two very unproven in ways at quarterback, and you can argue at wide receiver outside of Deontay Johnson. There's a lot of people that will put a claim on that. And Chase Claypool, of course, is coming into his third season after a down sophomore year. And then you have Fryer Moof and Najee Harris. There's a lot of things that the Steelers could do that I'd want to see them do sometime before free agency, sometime during this draft, or maybe after this draft for them. Uh, one thing we could talk about, I guess I'm kind of like free freestyling it a little bit. And as Brandon looks like he's going to join the stream now off of his cell phone, uh, Brandon, we're glad that you're on with us. So... Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, the thoughts about the Steelers potentially bringing in Tyran Matthew over Terrell Edmonds. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? You have to unmute yourself first. Sorry about that. Um, I apologize for the uh, slip up at the beginning of the language uh, thing. I thought it, my computer broke down, but my computer is actually okay. But do it acted up? It be slipping sometimes. But uh, as far as Tyron Matthew joining the Steelers, that would make a good safety combination. One of the best in the league. But if you want to say money as far as the cap situation, you would go with uh, Ty. I would say Terrell Edmonds or another choice that says you draft a safety. I would do. You can do a little bit more, but however, his value has gone. It's been going down every day that he's still a free agency. There ain't a lot of money left. I don't know how much Steelers have on the cap, but they might be able to pull it off the layer they go into. You want to. If it goes into June, I say go for it. But Edmonds is the safe choice. I would allocate my money into someone else, some another resource on the team. Yeah, and Matthew was on a podcast earlier this week with Jordy uh, Pilata. Uh, I think it's the LS. Yeah, it's LSU based podcast, and he he was down at LSU doing a bunch of things. He was talking to the team, and uh, I think he set up a. Yeah, he set up an endowed, an endowed scholarship to ensure that current and future student athletes have the opportunity to earn an LSL, uh, to earn an LSU degree. But uh, yeah, he he said that Tomlin called him. He said he's been talking to uh, you know numerous teams and everything. But he, he said that uh, you know Tomlin called him and said, "Hey, yo, it's Mike T." Uh, and so that, that was pretty interesting to see that the Steelers have you know he's confirmed it that they have expressed interest. Uh, I just I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to land him. Do you, do you think Matthew would want to come to Pittsburgh? I, I think he would. I, I think it would it'd be a, a a beneficial for him because I think if it if he wants to showcase himself in the best light, propping up a defense that's that's already pretty good and hope and is definitely gonna bounce back from whatever issues they had last year, be it from the too many injuries on the defensive line, the the downplay from Devin Bush and really most of the trying to figure out some of the weird things that happen 
out deep for a lot of the safeties and corners, especially early in the season whenever they got beat deep against largely most some of the best wide receivers in the NFL, which happens. But if there's another person that I'm looking at personally, Keanu Neal, formerly of the Cowboys, he plays safety-linebacker hybrid, which when you think of the Steelers and the way that they run their their entire sets, it would be a pretty good idea for it. A one-high safety, a guy that plays in the box, sort of, and really impressed in Dallas. I, I'd take a flyer on him if you're going to be... If you want to be cheap, but still have good value at strong yeah. safety and maybe get another guy that could potentially help out a little bit more, he's the pick I would make. I absolutely agree, Todd, because he, you guys, the Steelers need a guy, an eighth man in the box, in that running game to make an impact and stop the bleeding. That was their problem last year. That's probably why Terrell Edmonds is still out there in free agency. He didn't do well enough of a job. You're gonna fit you finished dead last in the running game. That means you're not that you your eighth man in the box ain't stopping the bleeding in that running game as much as he should. So Keanu Neal, he might go for about three mil. About three mil. One year three mil, I, that sounds like a good idea. Good investment. I think you're going to add him up a little bit more because he accepted a contract from the Cowboys for a, a year and five million last year. So I think uh, probably well, eight. I, I think he signed earlier in the free. We're like after that second wave now. You're like going. That's fair. Three. Four, uh, you're not getting top, top dollar at this point now. Yeah, so a prediction I've seen here, I'm just taking, oh wait, that's from 2021, never mind, but it was a prediction from 2021 that in a way probably could be something that he would take. As a, the Texans were predicted to sign him in 2021 to a two-year, $10 million deal. Now I think that could be something that the Steelers could do there. Two years, $11 million? Oh yeah, they could they could do something like that definitely. They could, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know that'd be a good option. Uh, as far as Matthew, I, he has so many. Uh, some of the teams that have been linked to him uh, the most, really, with the Colts, Bears, Cowboys. I've heard a lot of people saying that uh, they're interested in him, and then uh, the home his hometown Saints is kind of interesting too. So, I don't know. It, it, yeah, they uh, lost uh, Malcolm Jenkins. That could be a good one as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah, so they uh, need a safety. The Steelers have a bunch of competition for. Uh, Matthew, so I mean, you know, they could afford him. You know, it would be definitely more than you know Edmund, Edmonds and everything. But uh, okay. um, yeah, well, I, I, would, think, I uh, think he would like to play for Tomlin. I mean, most players do across the league. Uh, what I was gonna ask: How much do they have remaining on their cap? Uh, let me look up yeah. on over, over the cap. That's what I was trying to ask. Because I, I don't know the stuff offhand. I I usually just use the. Come on, you know, Chris. I'm not a cap expert, man. I don't think any of us are cap experts, man. The only, I could tell you, I can wax poetic about the NHL's cap still after all these years, okay, so, and I can even give you some NBA stuff. But the NFL, so, that wizardry is is Harry Potter-esque for me. So according to over the cap, uh, the Steelers have around $13.4 million, uh, uh, cap space. And plus, you still got to uh, pay your draft picks and everything like that. And they have how many draft picks, Chris? Seven. Nine? Seven this year. Seven? Yeah, only seven. Hold up. 
That's why I don't know if they'll trade up for Malik Willis unless they get a bunch of next year picks or something like that. Remember, they gave they gave up a pick for a Kelly Witherspoon, and I think that also had another another thing alongside it. And uh, and uh, who else? Schobert Schobert got a pick as well, and, and I I don't think that uh, conditional. I don't think there was anything conditional alongside that. If I okay, so the the, the compensatory picks that they got, pretty much. They pretty much got a couple picks back because they lost a couple, so they're back even. Okay. So now let's move on to another thing that's a big worry for the Steelers, and that's wide receiver. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what the Steelers will do with that first overall pick. A lot of people are saying the quarterbacks that they could potentially want will already be gone by pick number 20. And uh, We've been talking about a few wide receivers. Brandon covers for Nittany Sports now. He's been high on the Jahan Dotson train. And Marcus Williamson was recently listed by Bucky Brooks as the 20th overall pick to the Steelers. So, guys, I know that there's it's kind of tough, tough as Steelers fans because you're used for wide receiver picks for the Steelers mostly hitting so it could be just about anyone out there and they'll take it but they also have guys like anthony miller who sat sat on the practice squad for the rest of the year and i'm sure he's game for it and there's also a bunch of other people on the practice squad uh, there's one guy that speaks in my head but i forgot his name uh, but there's a lot that the steelers could do at wide receiver it's obvious at one point that's going to be addressed oh yeah i did talk about I had an article saying, talking about uh, Jahan Dotson going to the Steelers at 20. That's what he had, Bucky Brooks. I like Chris Alav a lot. I like the other guy, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. But they, but I think Dotson is the best pick because he's a y- yards after the catch guy. He's a sure-handed guy. He reminds you a little bit of the De- uh, Deontay Johnson. Except with better hands, hopefully more maturity. So, I know they hit on their second and third round picks, but let's ask this question: Do you think that has a lot to do with the quarterback throwing on the ball to pass all these years? Yeah, that would help. I, I you think have a Hall of Famer as your quarterback. I, I think there's a lot of things you could go with the plus or minus for Deontay Johnson either way. I mean. Yes, do I think that he benefited in a Steelers offense that needed a guy that could go be a route runner in this situation? I think that he could still be something with Mitch Trubisky. But there's a lot of throws that that wasn't the best Ben Roethlisberger we've ever seen in his final years. But that's still Ben Roethlisberger. He can make those throws if you give him the opportunity. I mean, Minnesota... And, and the Chargers can tell you all about it. That guy could still get it done if you let him hang around. Right. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, um, uh, you know, receivers kind of, you know, has been picking up some storm in the, you know, the mock drafts. Uh, Matt Williamson, who writes for Steelers.com, said that, or he has the Steelers select in Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams at 20th overall. So, uh, yeah, you know, wide receivers definitely need uh, – this wide receiver class is really deep. Uh, you know, Bucky Brooks had six receivers going in the first round. So, uh, I don't – Steelers, they usually have, you know, a good – they have a good track history of drafting receivers. So, 
don't you guys think they they should go in the second round, or do you think first round is you know too high? Or but you know they need one. They they desperately need a receiver because uh, you know Chase Claypool, you know he took a step back last year. Uh, you know Deontay Johnson, you know great receiver, but as you mentioned, Brandon, you know he has some laps, mental lapses sometimes. So, but they they really need a guy that could separate. You know they need a slot guy. Uh, you know Dotson would definitely fit there. Uh, so, so what do you guys think on that? I think they need. I think. I think uh, Dotson will be the best fit for uh, the Steelers in the first round. I don't think he's gonna make it to round two. Uh, he might make it to round two, but I don't think he'll be there. So, and the funny thing about it is this: in Bucky Brooks's mock draft, he don't have a quarterback going in the first round, do he? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Oh, yeah, uh, and they he had them passing up on uh, Jordan Davis also. The Steelers. He had uh, he went up to the Cardinals. Cardinals Davis in his mock draft. Oh, so they, they have him passing on uh, Jordan Davis. Yeah, so he went he went with yeah. over Jordan Davis. That's interesting. Interesting. It's interesting. We don't know because Jordan Davis looks like a he ran a four eight or less than that or faster than that sub four eight. 348 pounds, but people still think of him as a two-down lineman. Yeah, I mean, I know I've seen some tape, you know, on Twitter. You know, there's clips that out there where, you know, he hustles downfield and everything, and, you know, he plays the run really well, obviously being that big. But uh, I don't know, you know, definitely a big, you know, you know, they have to have a, you know, to go first round like that, you, you have to get like a, a guy that's going to play all three downs, like, you know, an Aaron Donald type of thing. Yeah, especially late in in those rounds. Like, the this is a normal Steelers drafting position. I, I think you won't see the Steelers drafting high unless something really bad goes goes on next year. So when, you, when you're in these late round situations, late first round, mid to lates, you got to hit on that guy. And the Steelers more often than not hit on it. But, again, the stakes are higher. That's that's the one thing that worries about me. So my question for them is this. If you firmly believe that Stephon Tewitt is going to be back and is going to contribute, like everyone knows he can, then you, then you of course let Jordan Davis go and you get one of those wide receivers. Yeah, I think that's he's, the hold up. thing. He's, really. he's not a nose tap. You need a nose tap. They put Tyson Alulu at nose tackle. Yes, but he's thirty. He's thirty-five or thirty-five, thirty-six. He got drafted in twenty ten. So their their whole defensive line's getting older. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's my age. So if you're my age, <laughs> like you need to draft that position. If you're my age, if you're playing being on this, if you are playing football. If you have somebody in your position that's my age, playing D line, got a point. Like you got a point. It's you need you got, a defensive lineman, a young one, fresh one. They let one go a few years ago. I don't think they should have let him go in Hargrave. Yeah. Yes, they. I I thought they screwed up doing that, and I know you do, Chris. Yeah, they have uh, some other mock drafts. Uh, have the the other uh, defensive lineman at Georgia, uh, Devontae Wyatt. What, what do you think about that twentieth overall? They got how many? They got they got their whole god dog on D line. 
Yeah, Georgia, man. They're, it's they're SEC territory, man. That entire they, – oh, they might as well turn the SEC time. into major junior. They got – what's his name? Tyron Walker going two. He has him going two to the Lions. They got Jordan Davis and then this kid that you just talked about. Yeah, yeah. Trayvon Walker. Yes. I think I messed his name up. But yes, him. That's my and that's my cousin too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wish. You claimed that last name, man. It's all good. It's hey, just but it. still, anyway. If this is a lot this is a draft that you get if you want to get your D lineman, your pass rusher, and even a safety in the box, this is the chance for you to get that. You're yep. not going to find your it's not, Steelers fans. You're not going to find your quarter. I don't think you're going to find your quarterback in this draft. I think yeah, you're going to ride it out with Trubisky and hope for next year. Yeah, the more I look at it, I agree. Like I, I'm kind of intrigued by Malik Willis. I like the quarterback mobility and everything. But I, Steelers only have seven picks unless they go and tap into like next year. But I don't know if they'll have enough or it'll be worth it really to go into the top ten because I, I, that's where I think Malik Willis is going. I, I don't see him going. Outside the top ten, yeah. Workout warriors, physical freaks, they get top billing in this league because those are what what can take you over the top, especially in the those first five years for a quarterback in this league. That rookie contract is where they make money, but where where he's going, maybe if he ends up in Carolina or something like that, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put Detroit in the Super Bowl immediately with him. What about Kenny Pickett? Where do you think? Uh, it seems like scouts or like analysts—they're they're all over the place with him. Like some like him, some don't think he does anything particularly like excellent. You know, he doesn't have like the greatest, strongest arm type of you know makeup or anything like that. You know, the whole glove story—the two on two hands, you know, small hands or whatever. I, I just—I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of a little you know skeptical about Pickett also. I mean, I am too. I know, I know he's the greatest quarterback since Dan Marino come out to come out of fit, but he's not even close to being like the prospect that Marino was. Look, I'll put it to you like this: Kenny, Kenny got the benefit of a ton of time to knock out those rock, those 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 records, and and even then, the guy's records. Everybody says that he broke Dan Marino's records. No, he broke Alex Van Pelt's records. Yeah. Do you know who Alex Van Pelt is? He got drafted to the Bills. Yeah, I didn't notice that Marino actually had a – he didn't have a great senior year. I was just reading no. his post. This, uh, that's uh, what – That's, that's what, that's what threw the Steelers off him. Yeah. As you think about Pickett, he is a – I see him as a Kirk Cousins. <laughs> just enough. He probably is going to – he may start for a long time in the league. He'll win eight to ten games each year. But he might go to the playoffs sometimes, might not put up his stats. And keep getting that. He's going to keep getting a bag from the NFL for 15 years. And you'll be wondering why. I think he's going to go down to like that quarterback. High end, I could see him being like a Matt Ryan type. At the very, that's what you his dream to be. His dream. I don't see it even being that hard to be honest. 
I said when he grows up. I know. I'm just saying. Scenario. I don't think you'll reach that. I, I think you'll take. I think anyone will take Matt Ryan's career. I think anyone will take Ryan Fitzpatrick's career. Largely, if if you're around in the league for a long time, anyone will take those careers, even you know, if it doesn't oh, necessarily end up. That's a good thing. That is, I've never thought about anybody being a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he went in the sixth round. Yeah, first round. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about a first round. Or whatever. Like, I mean, I I think in terms of career outlook for him, anyone will take that. But man, even I I remember seeing Fitzpatrick, and, and granted, this is how long he's been out there. He was ten. I was ten. Whenever he started for the Rams against the Texans, and immediately I go like, great story, but dude's from Harvard. Why is he still going to be in this league? I don't think you understand this. There's certain like glamour positions in life, not to sound like Colin Coward, but if you were, if you are the starting quarterback for the Harvard Crimson, you can walk into any corporate field that you want to and take it over. There's certain benefits of being the the starting quarterback for Harvard, Yale. Even if you want to go back in time to Army, Navy, and stuff like that, where you yeah. automatically get most benefits. Why would you continue playing football? So I give him a ton of credit, and I would totally take that career any day of the week. And then he could retire and still take them field. Exactly. Back for the NFL. Yeah. I, I think the biggest concern with Pick is that, you know, it doesn't always happen, but one year of a really true great year. I mean, you, you know how a lot of people feel about one-year stars. Uh, you know, the two names he, that come to mind. He started for about three years, though. No, I mean, no, one, one, one great year, I should say. But uh, wasn't because uh, Trubisky had like one good year too. And no, and, he started for like a yeah, year. Started, he started for a year, and then Haskins started for you. Those are the two names that I was thinking about. Yeah, Trubisky and Haskins. So, you know, you know, Pickett, Pickett didn't start, you know, just one year, but he only had one really good year, though. Yeah. I'm not going to go through the defenses that I had on the previous couple of podcasts about Kenny Pickett and what happened to him in his college career. So, because if you want that, you can go watch the other ones. So, so guys, of course, as always, it tends to go around with quarterback, but what else could the Steelers go after? I mean, we always talk about offensive line, and you want to know what I haven't heard of? Where is Tyler Lindenbaum going? If they wanted to go center, which maybe is not what they're gonna do anymore, but still, where is he going? Before the steel, like a little bit before, like that teen range, like high teens. I've been seeing. That's the only way, unless they can get a swamp. I don't see anything like that happening. And what team is he gonna go to? You want to know what team he's gonna go to? Philadelphia. No. He is going to go to. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they could use a center. That makes sense. He's gonna go to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and the Steelers like they got Mason Cole, but all the pro football focus and a lot of the Atlanta licks, they weren't that high on him. So I don't. Know, I think center's still kind of a need unless they put James Daniels at that position. Or yeah, they, they still need one. They need somebody that can hide the ball effectively still, but. You know, Ken, you know how people feel with Kendrick Green. I, I'm not really. But he can also play guard too, Lindenbaum. Who Lindenbaum? Or are you talking yeah. about Kendrick? I think people want him at center, though. Yeah, they want him at center. 
but uh, they have a lot. You know, defensive line. He could go. He could go. Even, corner, uh, even cornerback people. Have, even even cornerback people have mentioned in the first round possibly. Yeah, that's another thing that they need. I think. I think the time has come for a uh, bell cow cornerback for the Steelers, and yes, it, it's kind of crazy. A- at this point, I think they're just waiting for for one of Joe Hayden or Terrell Edmonds to 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 come back home, basically. At this point, and I think the more likely suitor, because of how hard they pursued at safety, is probably Joe Hayden. So Joe Hayden comes back. You think? I think it, I think it would be the best possible situation for him. I would like it too. And you know who I think that they could draft in the first in the first round? Not to plug Penn State or anything like that or Nittany Sports Off. Please uh, follow Nittany SN on uh, on Twitter and follow B Walker the Dog too, because I'm your boys on there too. Look out for certain things, but Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. Who can fit? He can play free safety. He can play strong. He knows how to blitz. He knows how to cover. He can tackle well enough. I know he didn't look good against Michigan or Wisconsin, but I think he would look good in Brian Fuller's, Mike Tomlin, Terrell. That, that's the guy that you would want in your secondary. I mean, I've been looking at a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys from Cincy out there because everybody, everybody talks wax poetic about how how basically Ritter was the man out there, but man, if I could get a Mod Gardner on the opposite side of Akello Witherspoon, I'd be like, finally, the Steelers are getting guys out there that have length, so that even if they have to face the small receivers, guess what? He's too little, and they could still go back and reach over and make a play, or they can defend some of these bigger wide receivers and take up more space against these quarterbacks that that could potentially light them up. So Ahmad Gardner would be one. Oh, what else? Um, they they uh, have Cody to trade Bryant, up for him. Bryant. They would have to trade up to get him, though. Yeah, I saw him really? going as the top five. Yeah, I've seen him going top five, top ten. He would be comparing him to Antonio Cromartie also. Which which would be just great for me. But Kobe Bryant, he, he's the 17th ranked quarter, corner on on uh, SI right now. I'm taking a look at their prospect rankings. So maybe they can get him a little bit later. But I'd like one of the Cincy guys because people really underestimate how how good Cincinnati's defense had to be. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, they got yeah they got tore up by Williams in Alabama, but I think most teams would get torn up against Alabama. What What do you think about uh, Ritter? Ritter would be a fine. He's out of everyone else that the that the Steelers probably couldn't get. I would be the most fine with Ritter past the first round. Yeah, I, I don't. I seen mock drafts saying. 20th overall to the Steelers, or I've seen him one trading up the Steelers trading up to 12, which would be crazy to give up a first round pick in 2023 along with other ones. But uh, yeah, I think you know, second round would be good for Ritter, but I'm not really too high on Howe and, and Correll either, though. I, I'm not really guy I'm, that I would want the most out of. Match, I, mean. I would take him in the second, third round, Ritter. 
Yeah, not not uh, they they would be reaching, I think, if they went. Yeah, he's a nice little project player. Let him sit for a year, see what he can do. Got good speed. Can throw it. I mean, that not not maybe like Willis and stuff like that, but he did a good job out there in Cincinnati. Right. And he and again, he's basically he was the leader. I know I said about the defense just a few minutes ago, but he was the de facto leader of the team that everyone wanted to be if they were mid-major in college football. Like, like they were they were able to run because of the work of the walking from UCF, Boise State, those Utah teams, and all that stuff. They were the beneficiaries of that. So, well, of course, I want a guy out there that did something out there. I, I can't. We can't call him. You can't really call him a mid-major anymore because they're going to the Big Twelve in a few years. But they're but until they actually step foot in that Big Twelve for a few years, it's a mid-major, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been seeing that Ritter like uh, he needs to work on his mechanics, which which can be fixed, you know, with coaching and stuff. But I, I guess I was reading Josh that, Allen worked on his mechanics, and now look at him. He has a, a a long release. Did you notice that or something? Like he has like yeah, that that hurts. Like yeah. that's that. It's not a Philip Rivers. It's Philip Rivers was a sidearm. Yeah, it, it, he just winds back real far and looks, you know. Yeah, I, I forget who has that wind up. That Tebow. Tebow had that type of wind yep. up. Yup. Tebow had that wind up. Carson Wentz has that wind up. It's long. I never seen anything like Rivers though. The way he has you seen me roll my eyes. <laughs> that's what that's what happens. I actually coincidentally watched the video on Facebook. He said that that was basically from growing up, and just like you know, balls bigger than his hands, so he just like to fling it. He did that, and then as he got older and got stronger, he figured, why change it if it works? Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. They they need to change that real quick. It it. I, as I roll my eyes about Carson Wentz, but anyway. Hey, what what what'd you think? Well, so I saw some of the tribute videos going out with Sean Taylor. You know, it was his birthday. You know, rest in peace. So one of the greatest safeties of all time. One of the greatest. Yeah, I want to. Do you have a favorite play? I mean, I know the Pro Bowl ones. Uh, a popular uh, <laughs> I my favorite play from Sean Taylor was. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I remember when he smacked Willie Parker at one time. That yeah, was I seen that video on, on YouTube. <laughs> uh, dang, that was one. Who the hell did he smack somebody from the Eagles? His name escapes me. I man, when you really oh, think about yes, yes, when he uh. When he picked up the fumble in the playoff game against Tampa Bay and scored, right after that he spat on somebody and got himself ejected. But still, because I remember that play. I think that's the last playoff game that the Washington football franchise has won to this point. Yes. We're lucky we're keeping it clean, Ty, or else I'd say something. But, yeah. That the Washington franchise team, football team, we'll just call it that because I refuse to call them. That's the stupidest name on freaking chat. 
They could have called him the Brigade or something. Steal the I gold. Know, I know. I know. Oh, okay. Well, okay. But they only had like 153 yards of offense that day. And they beat Tampa. So, but he came up. Oh, and another one was him that kind of run back against when he blocked the field goal against Dallas. I love that play. Man. So you much great play. just wonder had he, had he lived, where would he be in all-time breaks? I mean, you got to think of it. The NFC, we missed out on the NFC East being like, I know we talk about the AFC North and how great the strong safeties were out there, but that was a two-man group, really, when you think of it with Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu. The NFC East could have had Brian Dawkins. They could have had Roy Williams and Sean Taylor. Yes. Yes, they had him for a little bit, but there was so much more they could have had. And and that's another thing about it. I've bashed Ben for a number of years, especially this year. I wish because the Washington football commander, we'll call him the Washington football team at this point because we're not going to, whatever. They had a chance at Ben too. They passed him up for Sean Taylor. And part of it, it probably bites me to the core. People, and I've talked, uh, and people in Washington will always wonder, what if we drafted Ben with Joe Gibbs? What would his legacy even be even more if he went there and how it he was able to get that culture there like the Steelers had for 18 years. Yeah, a whole, whole bunch of teams. Put I know. But, yeah, there's a lot of teams. Brown, like Oakland, Brown, Cleveland yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Because it's a rivalry. It's like that. But that's a low-key thing. Like, we really passed up on um, – Sean Taylor would have been, if had he lived and had been great and played, I mean, had he lived and had the career that he was supposed to have, I couldn't do it. But him passing away the way that, and we passed him up, I mean, we passed up Ben, that's a hurt piece. Yeah, like we mentioned on the other part uh no, the Steelers, they're, they're pretty fortunate that uh, that Roethlisberger was still there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you could say about it. You know, what ifs, what ifs about Dan Marino, who, yes, pro- who yes should have been a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, I mean, Joe Montana should have, at one point, been a Pittsburgh Steeler over a Kansas City Chief. But you can only live in what happened and, you know, go back and play video games at that time and change everything up. So... As of right now, the we're we're hoping that those what ifs don't stick around with the Steelers, be it at any position, not just quarterback, in the future. And 
We'll talk more about that. But guys, uh, before, Brandon, I wanted to get your thought thoughts real quick. We were talking earlier before you were getting your uh, as a final thing. We were getting talking about ninety nine episodes and one more to one hundred with the Renegade Blitz. Um, you joined us last year, uh, a few months a few months from now, like uh, four actually. So thoughts on the ninety uh, ninth episode and coming to one hundredth episode of the Renegade Blitz? Quick. Oh yeah, I came in late. Had you call? Had he called me? I probably would have been there from the beginning, but. Certain people don't communicate. I didn't. I didn't know you were interested. I, I was interested. I was trying to just continue what we. I was. If you was doing this, I was like, I'm with it. We. I wasn't. I. Was, I didn't think about it because I was working anyway. But yeah, uh, I, we would have figured it out. But yeah. well, once we talked and you said you wanted to join, I, I didn't know until then. We didn't really talk about it. Before. I ever had, but you never said anything about it. I was like, can I come on? I was like, sure. And they play, and, and they played the uh, said Washington franchise. Hey, we had a good interview with Bram Weinstein. <laughs> I know. I, you, you didn't think I wanted to be a part of that interview? It just that would have drove the hell out. No, of it would have been. It would have been just basically a cry fest on Washington football. It would have been the first heel and face part of this podcast we've ever had. That Not that we don't have that on the daily. Who's the heel? Me. Definitely you. That'll Especially be- when you bring up the like the last little five minutes of the what was me of the of the Washington football team, but understandable but, of course. But I, but it, but if you think about it, yeah, ben, we they did pass up Ben. O- Oakland passed up Ben. I made them pay just about ben every ben. other game. But yeah, but it, it was a it was like some of it's glaring than others. Like I wasn't being a heel, but God dog, like but anyway, I'm glad to be a part of this podcast. Blitzburg, the brand. So, so what do you guys before we go, what, what do you think about Bruce Arians uh stepping down and not <sighs> Bowles got a five year deal now, uh you know, new head coach. Glad that Todd Bowles got a got a deal out of that. I mean, he really should he really should have gotten a better shake from the Jets organization, especially finding out what they would eventually have on their hands afterwards from that. So I'm glad that he's getting a shot out there in Tampa Bay. The Glazers, they are probably the most progressive organization in the entire NFL. A lot of minority candidates is coming on their team. Uh, Westbrook. Then they have Larry Foote, former Steeler, as the co-defensive coordinator. I, I mean, I don't know how much it played into like what Brady demanding the trade to Miami oh, or yeah, something like that. That was kind of weird, and now that he's retired, but it seemed like that was going to be the deal anyway with Arians. But, hey, mm. I'm really happy for Todd Bowles. He's in the best possible situation to have a long-standing run. As a head coach in this league, so keep it rocking and rolling for him. Yeah, I yeah. Thought, did you guys see the statement Arians made? I thought it was really, uh, really nice to him to think. You know, uh, you know, because he's been in the league for he's, well, for a while. I think he's like seventy or something. And uh, it's good for him to step down, give another guy a chance. And uh, you know, Bruce Arians did a great job, like you mentioned, Ty, like having my minority candidates, uh, women coaches, and everything. So uh, you know, much respect to Bruce Arians and everything he did. 
Definitely much respect. You got I'm glad to see a black coach. It's rare to see a black coach be not be in a position where they're in a rebuilding situation, like in a position to fail. He's actually in a position to see, kind of like Mike Tomlin. So it's fortunate for him. I'm glad he got a second chance. I don't think he really got a fair shake with the Jets because they're the Jets. So I'm just happy that he'll get a chance. And then him being the defensive mind gives Byron Leftwich a better chance to see because that's that's going to be his offense. He's going to coordinate that offense. He's going to sculpt that offense. It's going to be the Byron Leftwich offense. You know Brady's going to be the quarterback, but still, he's going to – and that elevates him to get a better chance this next coaching cycle. Yeah, that's a good. You got something yeah, you got to think about. But uh, so you so you're not buying the the Brady pushing the Arians out thing, or do you think it just? What, what do you think? Because they said like he just he told Brady that he was going to retire like the day of or the day after something like that. I want to I want to want to put this out there. Um, I was in a class with one teacher who was very close to Arians, so there's a lot of stuff that I kind of knew uh, about that stuff. I knew. I knew a little about what Arians wanted to do as a coach, you know, what, what he wanted to get into with TV and stuff like that. So I knew that he was coming back into Tampa because it was potentially a good situation with the quarterback at the time with Jameis Winston. He fixes them. They're off to the races. He gets Tom Brady. It's great. But I think in terms of, like, with Bruce, it, it was already winding down with him. It was just a matter of when, really. How long he was going to stick around with that Tampa organization yeah. with all that. I think if Tom Brady doesn't come, he probably retires the year after what what was that Super Bowl. The, the year, excuse me, the year of what was that Super Bowl run. Like, he wasn't yeah. staying around for long. Oh, yeah, he wasn't. And I think he wants to make, I think he was trying to make an impact because he's one of the more progressive coaches, more woke coaches. And I don't like saying woke because woke is like, ugh. But progressive coaches in the league, he wanted to make his mark like that. I know he probably may want to stay, could have stayed a couple more years, or t- because I don't know, I don't know what his re- his record is. It's not a Hall of Fame resume yet. He was working towards that, and I thought he would had a chance, but I think he could. I, I think one day he could be a Hall of Famer as a contributor. Yeah, I, mean, I think he just kicked himself into the fact that he was the coach that led Tom that that was right behind Tom Brady and leading him to a Super Bowl without Belichick, and plus all the things he did, taking over for really getting ousted out from Pittsburgh, taking over for Chuck Pagano whenever he had his health issues, yeah, and then. Leading the Arizona Cardinals back into the playoffs and back into the NFC Championship and making them a truly viable franchise for the first time in a little bit. Yes, early in the decade, they made it to the playoffs and also in the twilight of it, they made it to the Super Bowl. But as far as I'm concerned, I look at Bruce Arians. He's going to be in the, yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame as a contributor, especially 
And also in Arizona, he had a woman on the uh, coaching staff as a strength coordinator. So he'll be put in for those things as well. But I think people will also remember him as a as a good head coach as well. Yeah, you gotta get. Yeah, I thought about it because I was like, "Oh, what's his record?" I, th- I think uh, the str- this is the stress of being a head coach in his age. It's hard. Like, like he mentioned, he's like he was probably gonna last one one for a year. So you know, I I don't, I don't know the Brady. I don't know. I, I know Aaron's is like he's. Like he even mentioned that like he's chewed out Brady before, but he does that to everybody. Like, oh yeah, yeah. he don't care. (laughs) They mentioned a a story about him with Larry Fitzgerald, (laughs) him chewing him out. So everybody knows if Larry got it, then everyone's gonna get it. And I also want to make sure that I mention this: this is Todd Bowles' second attempt as a full-time head coach. He took over an interim basis for the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Yeah, he did. But he did. Someone had another. Interim head coaching job, but yeah, that is a second head coaching job. So I hope for the best for him. I hope he get 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 a, be the second head coach, third head coach to win a Lombardi Trophy. He has a good chance of doing that this year. Yeah, and so what, only- now six minority head coaches in the league. Or is that is that the right number or five? Ron Rivera. Bulls, Tomlin, I guess Mike McDaniels. Okay, yeah, six. Uh, Robert Sala. Uh, what's Robert his Sala. Sala, Sala, yeah. Sala and uh, Lovey Smith. Yeah, that's six. Yeah. By the way, another thing to mention, not to really hop on the Tampa Bay bandwagon, this is a third minority head coach they've hired in the last 10 years. The other two were Raheem Morris and Lovey Smith. Yeah. So, uh, was it? Um, well, no, what's the new rule and now? He, for, hold on, hold on, time up. And yeah. I think he deserves another chance at a head coach. Oh yeah, that's true. Morris. Yeah. So, so the NFL owners meetings uh, was this past week or earlier this week or whatever. Uh, and well, the new, uh, I guess they have to get an offensive assistant. It's the new rule for for uh, try to help promote minorities to head because they're the pipelines like the offensive coordinators. And and, and uh, they're, they're thinking that having an assistant there will, will help get more minorities for head coaches. Did you guys read about that or have any thoughts on that? No, that's a nice. I mean, that's a you, nice thing. It's a nice thing, but it's not really going to work. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, because uh, just real quick, they're going to hire who they want. Number one, they're going to hire who they want yeah. anyway. And number two, they might hire that, and then they'll start going defensive coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, but the, primarily the, for for black for black coaches, it's yeah, start, the path has been defensive coordinator, and then yeah, black coaches, but an offensive coordinator, but then then you're gonna have, all right, say, they hire somebody, and you're on the Rams, offensive assistant, move through the ranks, who you gonna have, who you think is gonna get the credit for that offense? Sean McVay, uh, yeah, Sean. Uh, Even hey, they, they, it's always a double standard. They're, they're gonna, they always gonna have. It's always gonna be Sean McVay's offense. He's, it's even though it's even though Lafleur, I know we talk about Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan, those two, but they were all on the same staff with the 
that team I will not mention anymore today because they aggravate me. The Steelers podcast. We'll leave that alone. Not a goddamn team, Dan. How about that? But anyway, um, well, you know what I mean. But when you get you bring in the offensive uh, minority, that double standard's gonna occur. Well, he's gonna get to be enemy treatment. Yeah, and and uh, that that offense assistant, he has the the rule says that has to uh, that person will have to. Um, uh, you know, be involved with the game plan and everything. So they're, they're trying to get on the offense side, you know, promote more offense, minority offensive coordinators. Cause like Ty mentioned, that has been the pipeline for coaches. They want the next, you know, Sean McVay offensive genius, you know, type of, uh, you know, mindset or whatever. But uh, they, like you mentioned, you know, Brandon, that, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, they asked him about, uh, about the new rules or at the time when they asked him about a new, and then they actually ended up voting on a, a, a you know, a procedure where they'll, that would help that or they think will help that. But uh, Tomlin said that he doesn't have much confidence that things would change. So No, uh, it's not going to change. You never have confidence until you get proven otherwise. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like he's a show-me type of person. And, you know, it's hard to disagree agree with Tomlin because, like you mentioned, Brandon, it's up to the owners, and there's only one minority owner in the, in the NFL, and that's uh, Khan in, uh, in um, Jacksonville who's a – from Pakistan, the rest just you know billionaire, old white billionaires. Really, that, that's what they are, and uh, some of them have really shady past. Like, or they do things like you know Dan Snyder or uh, you know Stephen Ross. Even like these guys, like they become billionaires because they do you know shady things. You know what? I, I, I wasn't going to do this. Now, I, now I'm getting aggravated now. No, I think we're going to end this right here. Nope, that's all. We're good. We're good. We're good. Nope, nope. We'll we'll end it right here. I can see you getting turned up. We got to go. Anyway, again, that's Ty Polk. That's Chris Ward. That's Brandon Walker. And you have been listening to the Renegade Blitz. See you later. Episode 100 coming hopefully sometime soon. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Blitz podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz at our blitz pod and at blitz videos read articles on renegadeblitz.com like us on facebook and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app the renegade blitz podcast is available on apple podcast google podcast youtube spotify and wherever else you can listen to podcasts